I don't want no millionaire telling me that, um, you know, life is all right. Wait, you saying um, Love Yours you don't yeah, like? Yeah. Damn, I, I took, I noted that as one of the most significant songs of his career. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think it's just, it's a huge part of, um, of his message in this second, this second act of his career. I mean, I get it. I just don't want him telling me that shit. Well, why, who would you rather hear that from? My father. Yo, man, everything, <laughs> everything that glitters ain't gold. Appreciate what you got, son. <laughs> Fuck you, J. Cole. Don't tell me that, nigga. You successful. We get to hang out with Jay-Z and shit. I mean, Jay-Z don't even want to hang with this nigga. <laughs> we said that already. <laughs> we said that already. Jay Cole don't want to hang out with this nigga. Hey, man. But saying, I, I heard think, that shit I immediately think, got upset. I got I, 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 I think I, I think I think Love Yours has taken on a like a life of his own in a sense. Like you see it in graffiti now. You see it everywhere. And they they style it, they say it the same way, they write it the same way as he styled it. Um he talks about beauty and the struggle. Um I think it's just it's one of those "Don't Kill the Messenger" type songs because the message is there. Oh, I definitely killed the messenger. Um, <laughs> the message is there. It's funny, and I, you know. The funny thing. Are- Welcome to Rap in Order, the interrogation of a hip-hop album, where we take some of the culture's most beloved hip-hop albums, put them on the stand, see if they stood the test of time. Now let's see who we got on the stand today. Another episode of Rap in Order. I'm First Class Reg. And I'm Torian B. It's a beautiful day. As you can see, we're in a different location. You're not the only one with cool mugs. I see. I see. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this album... That we're getting into today. Uh, I think it was a really defining moment for this artist. Um, this was their third album released in 2014. Um, and I think before this, this artist was trying to find their footing with um, mainstream and like being signed to like a super popular artist like Hove, um, being on that imprint, seeing what that means. And I think with this album, he just said, fuck it. Like I'm not gonna fit into that mode of like what a what like this big artist is supposed to be. This album is super stripped away. He produced all of it, you know, no features. So of course I'm talking about J. Cole. Um and we're talking about Forest Forest Hills Drive, released yeah. in twenty fourteen, mm-hmm. which was a surprise release at that time. Shock drop. You know, shock drop, yeah. Um and with this album, um, like I said, it was super stripped away. And I think before this was Born Center, you had the big single with, with Miguel, Power Trip. Yeah. Um, you had a lot of big moments on that album. And then also he dropped the same day as Kanye. He dropped the same day as Mac Miller, rest in peace. Mm-hmm. And um, going into this, I think it's it was so well received because of the story that he told. Of like basically coming in and like... Wanting to be this big time celebrity, big artist, because he felt like that's what goes hand in hand with being a big MC. And then him realizing that that's not it. That's not what he wants to do. And he can he he was in a position to like redefine what a superstar artist is. Um, so, what did you think of this album when it came out? Um, I, I feel like I was with you when this album dropped. I think yeah, I think we was together. Yeah. Uh, this album. 
when it dropped, like, I was, like, really locked in because, you know, everybody always has jokes about J. Cole that he basically, you know, makes sleepy music or he, he's boring or he's always rapping about losing his virginity, which there is a song on this album about that, mm-hmm. um, or not making the basketball team. But I think the authenticity of him like being so relatable to mm-hmm. all of us because all of us kind of have that story. We had like hoop dreams or like, you know, making a sports team in college or high school. Um, I think that was that was something that was like very like true to like a lot of us, right? Mm-hmm. And then especially like, you know, he, was, he went to St. John's, he was in Queens, he was around the city all the time. So <clears throat> when we got this project, I was, I was kind of like really like happy for him because like I was like, all right, he finally figured it out and like he's, not doing what like he's not he's not listening to being told hey we need a single yeah and i think i think um he earned that after those first two albums and like the the what what how it was being received and i think that he was very lucky to get to get that trust from from the label because mm-hmm. they could have been like nah give us another fucking workout yeah you know what I'm saying? that's true but he was able to Make this project, produce it himself, turn it in, and sell sell them on the fact of what he was going to do. He was going to remember he took the album to people's houses, and like let them like let them listen to it. Like imagine like it's funny because people were like, "Yo, I hope J Cole knocks on my door." <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was that was a cool time because um, I think a couple episodes ago we were talking about the best like marketing and um, and you mentioned Hove mm-hmm. and I've always thought about twenty fourteen Forest Hills Drive because. It was so personal. It was such a personal piece of work, but the way that he did the marketing was so inclusive and so like just dope. Like he would just put up like, "Oh, yo, I'm in your neighborhood, and um, DM me, send me your address, whatever." And he would show up with mm-hmm. his tour bus and go sit down in people's living room, right, and listen to this album. You, you think when he put it to somebody else, they have like a stereo system in their crib and they just had to and play he, like, it on played like, it loudspeakers? And shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> just played it from his phone or some shit. Um, mm-hmm. but. I think that's what was so dope about this rollout because I was like, I wasn't the biggest Cole fan, but I always fucked with like how he delivered his message and like how he put his shit out. Um, I think looking at his career now, he's kind of stayed true to like what he introduced on this album. This album was like a turn turn of events for him Mm -hmm. Um, and in character and in rebranding, big part of rebranding actually. And it kicks off with this intro that's super like, oh shit, not popping up. That's super just into what we're gonna get into. Like as far as like, you know, it says, oh, it keeps repeating. Do you want to be happy? Do you want to be free? In retrospect, I put that. It kind of sounds like he was freeing himself of, yes. you know, the traditional way of what a rapper is supposed to be like. Mm-hmm. Um, what would your take on it? Um, literally uh, the same thing I literally wrote that he was shedding that because you got to think also like Kendrick is his man's Mm -hmm. so Kendrick is his man's right Drake is his man's as well and he's cool with these two artists and it's called they're called like this three-headed monster but he's being told to like do these radio-friendly safe records and he's like yo I'm I'm supposed to be like the next one. Like he, like he was deemed the next. I, I, I could be wrong, but I, I'll never forget this. It's a Source magazine when they were talking about J. Cole being signed by by Hove, mm-hmm. and he was kind of assigned as a, the prodigal son. Like it, it like he I was. know a lot he of people. Was. I know a lot of people were like 
high on Kendrick. A lot of people are high on Drake, but they a lot of people weren't taking at that point, ladies and gentlemen. At that point, we are, we are, we know what 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 the outcome was. But J Cole was supposed to be the one. Mm-hmm. He was he was Neo, and <clears throat> I think that he saw that, and I think I think he really like hit a crossroads, and he was just like fuck it, like. And I think you could tell because uh, remember that one year at the BET Awards, and he showed up and had the same outfit as French Montana. Oh yeah, 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 the, um, yeah. And, they, and, they, and they had him, and like it was something that was so it was like far. a black and gold shirt, yeah, or some shit. yeah. Like he had a stylist, and like he just wasn't. It wasn't him. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't authentic to who he was, and he was kind of just like going with the flow. And then after that, he was like, "Yo, never again." And then you know, he just started being himself, wearing you know the Jordan ones, you mm-hmm. know, wearing the baggy clothes and shit like that, wearing the same hair, shit over yeah, and over, letting his hair grow and stuff like that, because that was more true to who he was. Mm-hmm. Like you know, having like a chain and all that stuff. That's what he thought he was supposed to do, but it really wasn't him. And this album kind of like let, let it be known, like what he was gonna, what where he was going next. Yeah, and I think that it kind of like saves his career because, you know, I saw him live twice. So I saw him um, at Santos Party House mm-hmm. when he performed, and that was Industry J Cole. And it was good because he has his fan base and he has his followers. But then I saw him with you. I saw by Southwest. So far, yeah. And it was like a completely different person mm-hmm. as far as like stage presence, confidence, the control that he had over the crowd, um, the way everybody was reacting to him. I, obviously, it was in a different state. You know, in New York, everybody's, you know, too fucking good to like mm-hmm. chair and shit. Too fucking cool, yeah. But... What I'm saying is, it's just that like you could tell the difference and like the energy in there was crazy because I remember like I I I even had like a joke in my head like damn man is this gonna be like a snooze fest and like no it was actually like a really really great show and mm-hmm. I want to say that was like one of the last shows that we saw before we left that trip I think so too um yeah, yeah because he closed it out mm-hmm. he closed out that venue I think it was um I forget. Damn, I forget the name of the venue, but yeah, yeah, you're right. Because then after that, we went to go see like Erica Badu yeah. and like Kehlani and all. Of and them. that was the official closeout of that venue, right? Because that that I was like the I end think it's called ATX or something. Yeah, like that. yeah. Um, but yeah, you bring up a good point, and and which kind of leads into because that that show was kind of the quote unquote rebirth, you could say, of J Cole because. It was like a completely different person from what you saw before. Mm -hmm. And then this kind of led into January 28th, which is, you know, that's his birthday. But then it's also Rakim's birthday. Mm -hmm. So like him tying in at the end, like, oh, like you might be the God MC. You're not the God MC. You're not Rakim. Like you don't you wasn't born the 28th. Like so he tied that in. And then also just like for him to kick off the intro, basically saying, um, you know, do you want to be happy and just free yourself from these things? And then to just basically going into the song that's like his birth date, mm-hmm. I thought was super symbolic of like what yeah, he was trying to do. Of course. And then, you know, like, what, what is he saying? Uh, don't let him take your soul. Like, mm-hmm. he basically is telling you like, yo, I, I almost, I almost, I almost went there, y'all. But I, I, I figured this shit out. I, boun- I bounced these motherfuckers off. I made a song with Trey Songs, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I just think that, um, it's it's just like a testament and it's like a, a, a like a shedding of like skin that wasn't his and I yeah. and I really thought that what he was able to do with that was kind of kind of um telling like where he was at and it also makes me like wonder all right somebody that's a music executive like like Hove right mm-hmm. like how does that happen how does he allow that to happen well which us? which part okay how does he allow an artist as talented as J Cole right 
to kind of like be pigeonholed into basically they try to turn him into somebody like a like a tiger or oh, I see what or, you mean. Uh, I see what you mean. Tiger, flow rider, kind of you know, just hey, make hits. We know you can rap, but like just just give us some hit songs, yeah. some radio records. And the funny thing is, J Cole's very good at making like typical radio like radio records. Like mm-hmm. he like workout still gets played till this day. Yeah, I never really liked it though, but he's good at it. <laughs> yeah, he's good at it. There's an audience. Yeah, for yeah, it for sure. you get what I'm saying. Like, yeah. he, like. It is not like it's not like he, he can't do it, but it's just that like he's too talented mm-hmm. to allow this. So how how does somebody like Jay Z like you know how everybody says like yo Jay Z's not involved enough and everything yeah. like that? And I don't even think that's the case. Do you just think that Jay was just like kind of like being industry hove? Mm-hmm. In well, I think it kind of is the case with J Cole because they have like a. I've always wondered why. Um, I feel like Jay does attach himself. To the success of things, right? Mm-hmm. Dr. Dre has been um, known as that. Where, like, if you're on Aftermath and you don't go gold or platinum, he kind of just shelves you and just forgets about you type shit. Mm-hmm. That's, like, the renowned thing. But, like, Hove always gets away with that because typically he'll work with the artists. Like, he'll be, he'll be, he'll do songs with them, he'll collab with them, and he'll hold them closer. I don't know what it is with Cole where... As far as like publicly, he's never developed that that relationship with him. Yeah, outside of um, that one year at the Grammys when Cole lost, mm-hmm. like Jay gave, I think Jay gave him like a gift. I forgot what the gift was, and said like, "You already won. Don't worry." Like, yeah, <laughs> like like Jay was basically like, "Listen, nigga, you ain't gonna win this award yeah. tonight, but I'm letting you know you won." Yeah. And I'm pretty sure like we say all of this, but I'm pretty sure that they do have a relationship. I'm pretty sure that they have had conversations and sit downs and like talks and stuff like that. But yeah, he's very hands off with him. Yeah, it just and, and maybe that's a good thing because you know he might have learned his lesson from um, oh yeah what he did with Bleak, what yeah. he did with uh, you know the Young Guns and mm-hmm. P D Crack like that's you true know, too. Beans, but like, I, but I would at the very least I would have liked him to have a relationship like how he has with Ross or like with Jeezy, you know. Well, well like, I guess there's that respect level, and then every now and then we get the treat of hearing a song with them. Well, I think. I think now, right at this point in time, they they are more they are more likely to make a record together because of Jay's maturation and his maturation. That's true. I think at one point, like obviously Ross and Jeezy, that's a no brainer for Hope. Yeah, like, you know what I'm saying. Like he don't even got to think about it. Drake, you know, he makes introspective records like everybody's against me mm-hmm. and that kind of works with him too and then um you know him getting on the song with kendrick like is some super duper lyrical shit mm-hmm. i think that the introspective that introspective that cole has i don't think jay could have found a pocket for it back then is it now that is it now that they both got locks now it's probably gonna work yeah they locks brothers now so <laughs> that's one right and i just think that now what jay is trying like we're not what jay what jay is at in life um, like, well, basically, like, it fits Hove's, Hove's narrative now to mm-hmm. work with him. Like, mm-hmm. like you know what I'm saying? Like, Jay's supposed to be anti the system and yeah. all of that shit. Independence, you know, kind of be uh, being a free-flowing guy. Like, even, like, the way Jay dresses now. It kind of looks like, I ain't gonna lie, Jay kind of biting Cole style just <laughs> at, a, at a 
Oh, at which, a higher level. Yeah, just with just with billionaire money. Yeah, yeah, at a higher level. Yeah, it looks like don't nothing but silk touch hold. Yeah, because Jay is never gonna look like he didn't shower. Yeah, but, but Cole is true to this. Yeah, he's yeah. That nigga, he ain't new to this. That nigga go and roll out of bed and just be like, "Oh, where y'all at today? I right, I'll be there in yeah. five minutes." It's like, yeah. wait, five minutes? Yeah, Jay Cole look kind of Jay Cole still wears basketball shorts under his pants. Yeah, that <laughs> ready to hoop at all times. Yeah, that exactly. is that's that's, that's him. Cole. That that that's him. Um. His manager the other day actually said like, "Yo, Cole don't never." He was like, "Cole don't never come outside." But um, he asked me where Ari was tonight, and he just popped up. He popped up in um in London. Right, she was in London. <laughs> Imagine like it was like the same day, and I think he just caught a jet. <laughs> yeah, right. He just popped up. Just like, all right, yeah, I'm a surprise her. Don't tell her. Don't tell her I'm coming. It's like that nigga just gets up, and I think that's what. The the uh the foil of this album that's like that's why this is so important in his catalog and for J Cole fans because um what he is now was all the makings of this album like everything that we got in this album mm-hmm. was what we have now yeah um did you did you ever hear that why the reason why this album has no features and he produced every track um well no not specifically I I had a guess but why. It was to get the like to own this album. Oh, so he did everything like that, so he wouldn't have to owe the label anything. Mm-hmm. Like, and he bet on himself. He was like, "It's only going to be me." Like, obviously, like he had backup singers and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But like, it's only him. It's self-produced, so he didn't have to outsource any producers, and he was able to own. Like, so this project he owned, and then he renegade renegotiated. Him doing that allowed him to renegotiate his contract. And like that's why like he owns his masters and everything like that. And then he took his um his Dreamville um label imprint to a to another label mm-hmm. and that's how he was able to do that. I see. Mm-hmm. That's smart. Um I think um That's some real betting on yourself shit. For real. Like that's that's like you knowing your fan base because I don't think all right, this this is fucked up. This, like he about to catch a stray. I don't think Wale could do that. Well, why, so I agree with you, but I don't think the reason why I agree because I don't think Wale Wale hasn't shown an executive side. He hasn't shown like a label type situation. So, right. like like you said with Dreamville, Wale don't have like Wale don't have artists under him. He does no, actually he does. He has artists under him. He has is is called Blue Moon. Um, oh, that's his shit. Yeah, that's his shit. Um, but he just. And he has artists. Remember again at South by South, where he had motherfuckers open for him. They just they just didn't go nowhere. Oh, every blue moon. Mm-hmm. Okay, under a blue moon. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So he has it. It just didn't. His artists just didn't take off. You know how Cole's artists took off. Like Cole, just he really like. You know, I think that's um an attribute to his team. Yeah. And like having the ears to the streets. But yeah. I just. It's funny, I always, I, whenever I think about Cole, I always think about Wale. Because, like, things for them were so parallel. Mm-hmm. And I think that the freedom that, like, uh, that Cole has, like, Wale wants. But I just think that because he um, he deals with a lot of, like, personal things, it's harder for him to, it's harder for him to, like, get certain things out. And he's he's very, like, multifaceted. Because, like, obviously, like, you know, Wale is, like, a poet. But at the same time, like, you know, he's from the, he, he's a street dude. Like, mm-hmm. not like a, not like a gangster, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's outside. So I think that like, 
he battles with finding that medium. And I think if he just leaned into one and didn't give a fuck about what people said, yeah, I think it would it would just make a huge difference. For him. Yeah, and I think him decreasing. Well, he hasn't really been online actually in the past few months. Like he hasn't his presence Shit. online has really dwindled. I'll be honest with you, I don't think I've heard from Wale online since the pandemic. You might be right with that. And even and I went to his page recently. His uh his main photo on on Instagram is just black. And anytime people do that shit, I just I'm just like, all right, they doing they going through something or they got something coming up. It's one of the two. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he has a project going away. I mean, the last thing that I saw obviously was Wale Mania. Because, mm-hmm. you know, for wrestling, like, he's a huge wrestling fan. So in the wrestling community, like I see him doing stuff, but I don't hear him talk about anything. Yeah. Um but on for this album, um, so Born Center, Born Center was before this, mm-hmm. right? And like I said, Born Center had the Miguel single. Um, it was really big. It was a it was a big thing for him. It had Crooked Smile, Forbidden Fruit, uh, the She Knows record, which were all like really big on radio. And then you get to this. This actually does have big radio songs, mm-hmm. but. Um, I'm trying to think about like what do you think you think Cole was like at a party or some shit and just saw things going down and was like, yo, yeah, and nah, that's not for me. Like, how did he realize that this He always has that look on his face. Yeah. Uh, I could I could tell you right now, I was I was at a club, it was, it was called Firefly, and he came through and um his uh, Ibrahim, I I I met Ibrahim his manager. Yeah, a couple times. So mm-hmm. I know Ibrahim. And we was in the club and like I remember I, I was in my section and like I looked at him. And you know how like he has like those eyes. Yeah. He's just looking and like you could tell like he did not want to be there. Mm-hmm. Like he was just like out. Like I don't think he minded going like after hours places, but like being at a club, mm-hmm. he was not with that shit. Like he was just standing with like a straight face, like people talking to him, like you know he's saying what's up and everything. Because a lot of the club promoters that um that I worked with, um, shout out to Jump Shot J, shout out to Gayson, mm-hmm. um they. They all were like from Queens. Like I think Jumpshot Jane went to went to St. John's, if I'm not mistaken. So like they all like they all had that relationship. So like I like they came out for for them, but mm-hmm. like Cole is not enjoying himself. He's not having a good time. It's something it's something really cool about well, later on now now it's become like a trend. But I think Cole is really living authentic. But now it's like a trend for these artists to be super um recluse. Mm-hmm. Like you don't really see them, and then so when you see them, it kind of heightens it being a moment. It's yep. just like, oh shit, yeah, there go there go Kendrick. Mm-hmm. Kendrick is here. That means music is coming. So now he's just one of those artists, and it's just crazy because I don't know. I don't know how to take that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to take that because then now I feel like when they do something, it's like the bare minimum, and it's a success story. Uh, I guess I don't know. I guess because like art, it used to be like that. Mm-hmm. It used to be like that. Where like you know, artists would put out a project, they go on tour or whatever like that. They would work that record, and then we would have seen them for a while. You mm-hmm. know, they come out maybe maybe two years later, eighteen months later. And I think now you know we get everything in our hands so much. You know, um, that's true. I guess we yeah we yeah, just we, become we, spoiled. Yeah, we spoiled. Like mm-hmm. we get a lot right. But I think that uh, for somebody like Cole, like I'm I'm okay with the time that he takes because I know that like. He's actually like working on things. Like he has artists that he's genuinely like working with. He has, um, I think he's playing basketball. Like <laughs> he's playing basketball. Um, you know, he's doing things in his city. Um, and I just think that that's something that, you know, it, it, it I'm okay with that because I know that he's busy. Yeah. But yeah. um, 
I want to talk about something like the tracks on some more of the tracks on the album, right? Mm-hmm. So the funny thing is, is like listen and listening to the song "Wet Dreams," right? The first song that I could, I could that comes to mind. It's funny because it's kind of like it's one of those stories that like a lot of people can relate to. Like when I was in high school, the girl that like the girl that took my virginity, like she thought she thought that I was active. Like I was, mm-hmm. I didn't you know, I played sports. I was a popular dude, but like you know, I didn't. I didn't give off version, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how version looks, but I didn't give it off. So she thought like I was and like I wasn't. So like I just like faked it till I made it. And yeah, yeah. It was really funny because she was like, Yeah, like you're the second guy. And I was like, Oh, like <laughs> So we both had experience. I'm thinking she experienced yeah, she did, yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So it was like I actually like yeah. it's similar, so I understood it. And I just think that I um, think yeah. It's it's a funny thing that Cole had that experience and I was just like, yo. People make fun of him, and it's like I think when it came out at that time, we all were making fun of him. But it's like, I mean, like we we have similar corny stories like that. Yeah, it's not that bad. No, I get it. I think it's funny because it's just it's just our era. Like I feel like our whole era is like that. Where like um, I feel like Gen Z years are probably like a lot more clear on communication. Like yeah, no, I've never done this. It's my first time type shit. Mm-hmm. And with us, it was just like yeah, like with with men, you know, for me in high school. That was the assumption too with the with the girl that took my virginity. It was like, yeah, no, you done. Like we doing this, and then afterwards, it was like a whole clarification thing. Like, all right, well, oh shit, that was both our first time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you know, so it's just one of those things that need to be talked about more. Yeah. But for the song, I I don't know if I really like the song that much. And the video, the video was like with the dogs. I don't remember the video at all. Yeah, the the videos with the dogs and um, it's like this is actually one of my songs on this album that I don't really care for, but it picks back up for like oh three adolescents. Um, you wanna know what's funny? Yeah, I'm cool with the first. I'm cool with the first eight songs on the album. Like, like okay, it starts getting. Weird after no no role models. Mm. Oh yeah yeah okay. Oh so you don't like hello? Hell no. Yeah hello. Hello is a terrible Drake impression. Yeah he's he's singing on there. You know if he wasn't so hell bent on not having features, he probably would have had Drake on here. Yo bro, he could have just got Miguel. Like Miguel was they had the same management. They both were managed by Mark Pitts. Mm-hmm. They at that time like he. I, I just felt like all right. So another thing right. A parallel album to me is Nothing Was the Same in, in Forest Hills Drive. Both their third projects, right? Mm-hmm. Um, both were like huge turning points for them in their career. And they both kind of like solidified, like like Drake really took, because this the, Nothing Was the Same came out before this album. Nothing Was the Same, Drake really took singing and rapping and combining it to like be like a thing and like harmonizing and stuff. And I think Cole heard that and like Cole did it in his way. Mm-hmm. But it just doesn't sound as crisp. Yeah. It's his it, his singing voice isn't as good. And, and Drake's isn't like the best. But, you know, we've come to like really know and love Drake's because we've been hearing it his whole career. Mm-hmm. It's not something that he, you know, and we've heard it get better. Um, That's a good parallel to bring up, though. But I think with Hello... um. And that's the thing about story albums, too, because even if there's a song that you don't really care for, you can still appreciate it in, like, the the, the timeline of the story. Because, yeah. like, you know, he's basically talking about 
when you listen to the album, he's talking about being on this high of being, you know, on the other side, quote unquote, Hollywood and, you know, being Hollywood cold and experiencing all this different shit. And in the middle of it, he's like, wait a minute, this shit is not for me. And I, these not the type of girls that I like. And I need, I need that old thing back. And then you get to hello. He's calling a girl that he, um, that he had relations with and he misses her and she's not answering the phone and coming back to that reality. So like in the fold of the story, I get it, but it doesn't translate well for like a replay. Of the I song. couldn't tell if he was talking about falling in love or falling out of love. Nah, he was talking about trying to call basically the repetitive nature of the hello part is just him literally trying to call a girl that that's like his old thing and trying to get her back. Oh, shorty mm-hmm. in Fayetteville. Yeah. Yeah, man. Nah, it wasn't going to work for you, Cole. Mm-hmm. Um, Get Off My Dick is a song that I liked as well mm-hmm. because it was basically like, all right, home, the hometown boy made good. He mm-hmm. comes back home and like people not fucking with him because they're just like, well, motherfucker, you pretend like you from New York now. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you're a bigger rapper now. Like, you signed a Jay-Z. And you got to think about it. Motherfuckers down south do not like... New York people, bro. Like, literally, like mm-hmm. he when he's from like North Carolina, like they just, I'm, you got to think about it. Like, Cole, nothing about Cole gives you North Carolina unless he tells you he's from North Carolina. Yeah, yeah. So I'm pretty sure going back home, like a lot of people were just like, oh, you know, telling him, you know, you think too good. Oh, you talking proper? Talking mm-hmm. like you New York now? Mm-hmm. Who knows? Man, I didn't talk like that his whole life. Who knows? Yeah. But I just thought like it was. Uh, like I mean, shit. The name of the song is "Get Off My Dick." Like I think that's that's telling enough. But like I was just really like pulled in because I was just like, wow. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't think he was having those problems. I didn't yeah. Think, I didn't think like you know somebody like Cole would have problems like going home and like dealing with that shit. But like that's a real thing. Like think about it. Uh, it's like the Chris Rock joke. Like a dude come home from jail, like he gets celebrated. Oh man, he get a cookout. A nigga come home from college and they be like, man, can you whoop my ass? Like, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? They just give you a hard time. So, like, think about it. He left, went to college. He didn't finish college, but, like, he went to college, lived in New York. Then he becomes a famous rapper. Mm-hmm. Comes back home, nothing but hate. Mm-hmm. I think, um, I guess that's, like, a way, that's the toxic way in the black community to try to see if somebody is still themselves at their core. So, like, when you, when you throw a hate at them, I think... Some people might be doing it. Like I think about, like you saw, you saw Roscoe Jenkins. Yeah, of course. So remember like when? That, yeah, yeah. So remember when? Um, when he makes it, Martin makes it. Obviously, he gets a girl. He goes back, but his family's still treating him the same. And he, and to him, he's above that. To him, he's like further than that. And I think in some cases, and in hip hop related too, um, these artists make it. But then, you know, their head might get too big, they go back, and then you got people that still know them as the old them, and that they're not that person no more. Um, so we see that in different ways. I think in, in this situation, yeah, like niggas was like legit hating. But then in other situations, it's just like, well, nah, we trying to, don't forget where you from, nigga. It's one of those, just like a little check. Yeah. Like a, you know. Um, <laughs> what are some other standouts for you? All right, I so apparently tells me that this nigga's a piece of shit and a horrible human being. That what? Apparently. Oh, apparently. Okay. He raps about basically his mother getting evicted from their home and mm-hmm. he's in New York fucking bitches. 
Oh yeah, and he yeah, apologizes yeah. for it, but then continues mm-hmm. to keep rapping. I nah, nigga, I need more explanation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently, <laughs> nah, bro. <laughs> and then what about um, uh, Fire Squad? Of course, Fire Squad um actually is Fire my Squad my is favorite. hard. Is one is my, it's in my top three of the records on the album. Mm-hmm. Um, Fire Squad, A Tale of Two Cities, and um, Fire Squad, A Tale of Two Cities, and No No Role Models are three of my favorite songs. Yeah, I think um, I think with well Fire Squad, obviously with that third verse where you get into the white privilege of these rappers, and um, and this was coming off the hills of like a couple years before that where where Kendrick lost to um to Macklemore when he lost the the Grammy, um. So he's ba- he talks about that. He talks about Iggy. He talks about Eminem, and he just talks about privilege overall. Mm-hmm. But then he goes like, "Oh, I'm just playing." But you I know, think the it's funny because there. he's half white. His mom is white. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is half white. Yeah, um, like you know what I'm saying. Like I, I, I never, I never understand that because it's just like, you know, Drake and J Cole because they look they they have a darker skin tone. Mm-hmm. They get a pass, right? But somebody like Logic gets like shit on. Like yeah, he, but that's exact. That's exactly why though. Because logic, looks I mean, white. even though, yeah, you look white, you're white passing. Um, his dad is a crackhead and he's always talking about how his dad was a drug addict. But mm-hmm. that's his, I don't know. Man. That's his story. But it's just, it's unfortunate, but it's just like, well, yeah, nigga, that's your cards. Like, I don't want to hear you. I don't want to, when I listen to logic, I don't want to hear him at the same time talking about being black and <laughs> being mixed and all these, all these other things. You don't have to make it your part of your message all the time. I mean, that's his story. Yeah. yeah. Are there any songs in this album that you don't like? Yeah. Um, like I said, Wet Dreams. I don't really, I don't really like Wet Dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, Hello. I don't really like. And probably Central Pay too. Damn. So for me, it's Note to Self. Hello. Apparently, he's a bad son. And love yours. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want no millionaire telling me that, um, you know, life is all right. Wait, you saying um, love yours you don't yeah, like? Yeah. Damn, I, I took, I noted that as one of the most significant songs of his career. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think it's just, it's a huge part of, um, of his message in this second, this second act of his career. I mean, I get it. I just don't want him telling me that shit. Well, why, who would you rather hear that from? My father. Yo, man, everything <laughs> everything that glitters ain't gold, appreciate what you got, son. Fuck you, J. Cole. Tell me that, nigga. You successful. We get to hang out with Jay-Z and shit. I mean, Jay-Z don't even want to hang with this nigga. <laughs> we said that already. <laughs> we said that already. Jay Hope don't want to hang out with this nigga. Hey, man. But saying, I, I heard think, that shit immediately got upset. I got I, I, I think I, I think I think Love Yours has taken on a like a life of his own in a sense. Like you see it in graffiti now. You see it everywhere. And they they style it, they say it the same way, they write it the same way as he styled it. Um he talks about beauty and the struggle. Um I think it's just it's one of those "Don't Kill the Messenger" type songs because the message is there. Oh, I definitely killed the messenger. Um, <laughs> the message is there. It's funny, and you know. The funny thing, all right. So, Sancho Perez, like, I actually like because it was, it was kind of like a like Eminem's "Say Goodbye to Hollywood." You know, mm-hmm. JC's Mar- "Marcy to Hollywood." Like, basically, you know, saying like, "Yo, I'm I'm out of here. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm I'm rich." But I think another, again, Miguel should have been singing. Mm. 
So like even so, Sandro Pay, I like the way it's in the north because he's like, oh, he's on his way to Hollywood, and then get off my dick is just like it comes on and he's like Hollywood cold. So like yeah. it's just a perfect transition. Oh yeah, and like remember when he performed that shit live, like that's mm-hmm. how it went, and I was like, Ooh. yeah, yeah. So I think um, that's the thing that you can't knock about this album because even the low points, um, they carry into the other songs that are big, that are high points so well that you just need everything in this. You want to know? Okay, so O Three Adolescence is the song that stood out to me the mm-hmm. most. Um, this is another thing where like I really felt like I related to it, right? So the story of O Three Adolescence is, is he sees a kid hustling in school, mm-hmm. and he's kind of getting, you know, yeah, mixtapes and shit. Yeah, like he, he's getting, he's getting all the attention. And and that and all the things that like a seventeen year old, sixteen year old sees and like they they think that they want, right? But then like he's like, yo, how can I get down? How can I get put on? And then he tells him like, motherfucker, I look up to you. Like how you, like he was like, yo, I, like I gotta take care of my family. My mom's gonna give a fuck about me. I gotta take care of my my, my siblings. Like yo, your mother loves you. You're going to college. You play mm-hmm. basketball. Like you got friends. Like you don't gotta worry about motherfuckers trying to kill you or mm-hmm. rob you. And like I remember, I had a situation like that. Like it, not where I was like trying to become like fucking Scarface, but like I remember I had a point in time where like I like told a friend like, "Yo, I, I want to get in the game." My friend laughed at me. Mm-hmm. He was like, "Are you fucking crazy?" He was like, "I don't do this shit because like I think it's I cool." To, he was yeah. like, "Yo, bro." He was like, "Yo, you got mad family." He was like, yo, you work at Levi's, you got mad friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was just, he was like, yo, bro, he was like, he was like, yo, at that time, that was when I would like go with my friends, like the trips to like Miami and shit like that. Mm-hmm. He was like, you don't miss no trips with us? Like, he was like, what you missing out on? And I was like, I remember like being like, yeah, but like, you got really nice shit. Like, he was just like, yo, man, like, I, he was like, the shit that come with this, don't. Don't don't look at it like that. He was like, I'll be stressed. He said, I got to worry about getting locked up every day. My door getting kicked in. Somebody around me. And he just, like, told me, like, don't don't think that this shit is what it is. Like, so it was it was pretty, I really, really related to that story. And mm-hmm. I was like, wow. All right. And, like, till this day, like, he be saying that shit. He be like, yo, like, in a good way, like, I, I like, envy you. And I just be like, like, I, like, I get it now because he's one of my best friends. But he be like, yo, man, like. You just got shit is carefree. He was like, yo, like people around you, they're around you because they love you. He was like, mm-hmm. I got a lot of money. He said, so I always got to question this. He was like, like girls, why all that around shit. Work. Why are these people around me? So that song really spoke to me because mm-hmm. I was like, oh shit. Like, yeah. Um, okay. Cole and Cole is really good at that. Like he's good at like capturing those time frames because we're in the same age group. So mm-hmm. like all that shit he be talking about, like I really get. Like I like one of my favorite pictures of Cole was like a promo uh photo. And um I think he's like, he has a basketball in his hand. He's like in his room and um, he's kind of just like laying back and he's shooting the ball up in the air, catching it. Mm-hmm. And um, and you see basketball posters mm-hmm. on his uh, on his walls. And it's just like, yo, that's yeah, dude, literally yeah, everybody, everybody's life. Everybody yeah. in my age group, uh-huh, that was their man, life. All my Slam Magazine posters. Yeah, he had Slam Magazine posters. He even had a poster that I feel like I had. Like, so it was like little moments like that is what made Cole resonate so well with like the age group that he's in. He never tries to pander to people that are younger than him, younger than him. If anything, he questions people that are younger than him. And that was the whole KOD rollout. Mm-hmm. But um was there like a number one song for you that's like your shit that you probably still go to or like one that you like over the others? Um I guess I guess I would say uh 
A Tale of Two Cities. And I think the the thing that made me like the song more was remember the Black Friday freestyles with him and Kendrick. Yeah, and they switched so off. They switched piece. off. So it made me like I like that's like my one of my most listened to close songs because I will listen back and forth to listen to see who actually approached it better, him or mm-hmm. Kendrick. And like that song just gets me hyped. Like I I enjoy it. I enjoy Coach flowing it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I would I would say Tale of Two Cities. Okay, I think for me, I love Fire Squad. Fire Squad is just like the energy on that is amazing. Um, it is, and and like for it to be dead smack in the middle of the album was perfect placement because um, because of how hard he's going. Like he he's rapping up until that point, just about like trying to find trying to find his way. And um, isn't it crazy? Like it's it's called Fire Squad, and he's yeah. dissing white rappers. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> um, so like he's trying to find his way, but then on Fire Squad, he's just like, yeah, like no, I'm that nigga. And he's questioning everything. Like, he, he's questioning everything in that third verse, even up until that point. Like, and the beat is just amazing. Um, so that's, like, that's my biggest highlight on the album. Um, what about for ratings? Or did you have anything else to, to add before ratings? No, I don't. Okay. Um, so for ratings, I, I give this album a four out of five offers. Okay. Um, at the, at the, when this album came out, I was like, oh, my God, this is... Cole's best project, and like I even think I tried to call it a classic. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, he's put out more projects, and now like I can I've scaled it back, <laughs> ladies yeah. and gentlemen. But four out of five waffles is still really great rating, and I think um, I think even Cole would agree with that. Like because mm-hmm. he he has he wasn't fully evolved yet; he was in the evolving mm-hmm. place or whatever. Like that's he true. Was, he was still Pikachu; he wasn't Raichu. That's a fair. That's a fair. That's a fair. That's a it's a good assessment. Um, I think for me, I would also give it a four. Give it a four out of five. This was way more enjoyable to re-listen to, to revisit rather, than um than I thought it would be initially. When it came out, I liked it, but it was very surface level. So like this time when I was listening again, um, I listened with more intent. Because over the years since it dropped, I go to certain songs that I like and I just listen to those. Uh. But then this time now, just listening again as a full project is much more enjoyable because you know the other side of it. You know how Cole ended up. You know where he's at now. We don't know where he's going yet, but we kind of have an idea. And this was like the um, the blueprint of that. This was like the... No relation to Hove, obviously. This was like the the makings of where he is now. This was the, this was the groundwork. Um, so yeah, four out of five. It's an essential piece in J. Cole's catalog for sure. Um, but as always, we encourage you guys to, to have a listen for yourselves. Um, when you do the ratings for yourself and for us, don't just give the rating for how you remember the album, do a revisit, see how you feel about it now. I agree. Yeah. And, um, rate, subscribe, let us know what you think. I'm First Class Reg. I'm Terrain B. We're out of here. Catch you guys next time. Peace. Dun, dun.